This is the Sexual Alchemy Podcast for men who want to discover and embrace profound confidence, intimacy, pleasure, and connection. I'm Rebecca Lowry, and I invite you to explore who you really are as a confident, sexual, and sensual man. Whether you're dealing with specific sexual issues, or you just know there's more to it than you've experienced so far, this is a safe space for you to learn, grow, and expand your erotic potential and possibilities. Hello, welcome to the Sexual Alchemy Podcast. In this week's episode, I had a chat with the very lovely Dr. Soom Rakshit. He is the co-founder and CEO of award-winning sexual health company, Mystery Vibe. Their mission is to make sexual health accessible to all across all ages, genders, and orientations. We had a really lovely chat. I really love what um, his company are doing. There's a, like a sex tech, sex toy company. And yeah, had a blast chatting with him. Have a listen. Today, I have a very exciting guest for you, Dr. Soom Rakshit, the CEO and co-founder of Mystery Vibe. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you, Rebecca, for having me. It's uh, been a long time since we met back in 2015. Was it 2015 that we met? Mm-hmm. Seven years ago. In, in the middle of Covent Garden. I remember it was Covent Garden. I, I, I'm a little shocked that it was seven years ago, though. I think time is time is tricky sometimes. Yeah, wow. especially with the COVID years. We just lost track of time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, Give me a kind of potted history, who you are. I, I said that you were the CEO and co-founder, but kind of expand on that a bit for us. I grew up in Calcutta, which is a pretty big city in uh, India, and I and I've always loved building things. You know, I was building my assembling my computer and building my parts back when I was twelve, and and that led to doing electronics engineering, and then I specialized in biomedical engineering for my PhD, and that was in Bath, uh, which is a little village near uh, east west of England, and uh, and that's how I got into building stuff with doctors. So understanding human anatomy on one side, and my PhD was an iris. Um, I, working with ophthalmologists, building systems for recognizing eyes. And then after that, I moved to working in security because a lot of what I did in my first biomedical work was securing places and systems. And I spent seven years in uh, uh, consulting and working on um, defense and uh, security projects. And during that time, I always wanted to get back to building biomedical stuff again, because I really missed that. And, and the thing that um, kept popping up is um, relationships and, and uh, keeping that mystery in the bedroom. How do, you, how do you help couples, including myself, how do you keep that marriage or a relationship over many, many years, decades for many, exciting after having kids uh, or after menopause or uh, with aging and erectile dysfunction and, you know, all these major life events of pain, you know, very common for most people. Uh, all of these things happen and then inevitably sex gets lost, the intimacy gets lost. And how do you bring that back, which was the idea of Mr. Bevan. From from my perspective, is how do we contribute from a technology perspective to help and then bring in the support elements of content and education. So, so yeah, that's how Mystery Vibe happened. That is an amazing journey, you know, to to go from, you know, tech and biomedical tech (laughs) into, 
you know, sexual the sexuality world. Uh-huh. I, I love that. And when you say that you said something about the stuff around relationships kept coming up, was that were you like looking for somewhere to apply your speciality and your interests and your, you know, engineering skills? No, no. Um, you know, like um, so a lot of my projects when I was in consulting would be abroad or at least outside London. So I would live in hotels for like six months or a year. And um, inevitably, when you have nothing to do because you don't really have a life outside work when you're not at home, you just hang out with your colleagues in the hotel lounge. And uh, mostly people talked about relationships. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's what, uh, you know, either the lack of it or keeping it exciting or, you know, breakups and it's like, that used to be a big chunk of discussion points. I see. Isn't that interesting? And so then you were like, okay, this is coming up in the conversations. They were just the conversations you were having by the by. And you were like, how can I apply? How could you apply your skills and knowledge? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That? Yeah. And I, I always knew that I would go back to biomedical because that's what I really care about. I just didn't know what it was when I, you know, first started my corporate world because obviously I worked in eyes. And the stuff we build is still in use. It's not like I could have gone back and done something else with eyes. So I wanted to understand a different part of the body, work with that field of doctors and build devices for that. And and these tied up together one others talking about it. And then my wife and I talking about it. It's like, you know, how do you um how do you recover from pain or, or so pain after childbirth? Which was the first product we built is um, helping with pelvic floor pain with the help of vibration, which is very targeted and directed. So so it was both external, you know, listening to people and personal, mm-hmm. and then talking to doctors and asking them what solutions exist and would bringing an engineering mindset to this uh, help. So interesting. I would, never, I would never have thought to bring engineering to sexual issues but it makes total sense. And I was looking at the Mystery Vibe website earlier and I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. Because, you know, first of all, not everyone's like a hippie woo-woo like me. <laughs> not everyone would address things from my angle. And also, are like, you know, what you bring and what I bring aren't exclusive to each other either. They can work in tandem. So it just wouldn't have occurred to me to come at it from that angle. But I'm so grateful that you did <laughs> because I think the products that you're making are really helping people. And so what was the first product you just said? What was that one? It's a product called Crescendo. Um, and it literally mimics two fingers. It likes this and it bends. And uh, the inspiration for that was doctors and pelvic floor therapists use two fingers to reach and massage the vaginal wall where there is pain or scar tissues. And uh, obviously, it's not always easy. And it's very difficult for the person, the patient or the user, however you call them, to reach themselves. And that's almost impossible in many cases. So what we created was literally an extension, like a finger which has lots of um, bends, and then it can bend and reach exactly where you need the vibration. And vibration is a very well-established pain relief, uh, which is used in like you know back pain, and and that's a well-established medical area for decades. So that that wasn't the tricky bit. Uh, the tricky bit was delivering the right frequency at the right point. So we didn't have to prove we didn't have to prove anything. The theory existed for ages it was how do you and also how do you make it malleable so that you know you don't have to know what is going to work for you before you Mm -hmm. buy it because one of the biggest challenges with sexual health is it's intimate and anything you buy you can't use and return because you know basically once you use it it, 
if you don't if you don't use it it literally goes in the bin no one else can use it so that also deters people from buying anything mm. because they're like oh it's not going to fit me how do i know and you know otherwise i'm just wasting money so a big part of what we built was um, body shape malleable adaptable technology so it should work for 80 90% of bodies simply by bending things around or stretching things around right the user you can, can do move it to fit you right yeah is yeah. that Am, am I right in thinking that I want to call them toys, but I think that oh, no, no, call, call them toys. It's it's something we want. We want people okay. to think of them as toys because we don't toy we don't want them simply. to. Yeah, we we don't want them to think it's some uh, clinical device that is scary and you know they need to have a problem to use it. We want them to think it's uh, to improve their pleasure or improve their sex life. Uh, yes, they are clinical medical devices, but we try our best to make it look like a fun thing. You know, we don't right, want they them need to. to be- sexy right exactly we make them sexy we want people to say it's a toy yeah but what i was going to say is then what i think is unique to your stuff and which is also awesome is that basically things that that are like fingers or like penises but they can bend in ways that most well as far as i know no other toys can bend and so that way you can shape them to yourself right like your anatomy or whether that's how you reach that anatomy yeah and then that's the uh, so if you think of our fundamental technologies, adaptability, which is material science, and then the frequency of vibration, which is electronics, those are the two main areas, the pin- pillars of everything we build. So all of our products use that, uh, use those fundamental technologies that we created. Is um, So we created a plastic or a fusion material. It's not even plastic. It has a little bit of plastic polycarb resin, uh, there's lots of things. And then it's infused with a certain amount of moisture. And then very quickly, it's overmolded with hot silicone to retain that. And uh, by making it that way, it can stretch mm. thousands of times and will always come back to its original shape. And what that means is uh, having that level of uh, material science built in, we can apply that to all our products and make everything malleable, adaptable, flexible, and then people can be get effective vibration in the right place. So if you think of it at the top level, all we're trying to do is deliver the right frequency at the right point. That's it. You know, That's all we're trying to do. And because the rest is proven, the right frequency at the right point will lead to improved blood flow, improved pain relief, improved arousal. So the rest is proven medically already. All we are doing, and this is where biomedical comes in, is we're not proving any of the medical science. That is very complicated. That takes decades. We're saying, hey, look, this is already proven. How can we be a very effective delivery mechanism for different body shapes and sizes with good engineering? Right. So that's that's where we come in. Yeah, that is awesome. It is so awesome. And one of the things that, that I actually wanted to talk to you about, but that came up in my mind when I was looking at your website, is that... I wonder if your toys are either already being used for or could be used for people with, well, like you said, in pain or disabilities that find it hard to reach certain parts. Because I know I I, um, work with people who, you know, struggle to reach different parts. And so toys that are adapted that help them do that would be ideal. And I think some of your toys do that, right? Correct, correct. Yeah. A lot, lot of our users are patients referred by doctors. 
for pelvic floor pain, for uh, arousal disorder, for vulvodynia, for erectile dysfunction, for prostate stimulation. So, so that's one segment of customers. Then we have a lot of customers who are in their 60s and 70s who are buying it on their own without asking a doctor who have identified they have uh, issues they want to address, maybe dryness issues, uh, erection issues. So, so that's self-diagnosed. Um, and then, um, like you said, we have uh, users who have uh, difficulty from a uh, accessibility points of point of view. And often what we do is we ask our users how we can make our products more accessible because uh, even things like buttons. So when our first version came out, the buttons were very small on purpose in order to make it look pretty. But what we realized from feedback was that small buttons, even though they look pretty, you know, they're very flush and they don't jut out. They're not very usable for someone with uh, dexterity issues. So in the next version, we changed it to make it big and clicky and, you know, just easier to use. Similarly, we did, um, we changed from wireless charging, uh, which again is a nice tech, but a lot of people really struggle because you have to align it. And this is true for phones as well. You have to align it exactly where you need it. And then if you don't align it correctly, it doesn't charge. And people really struggle from a usability perspective. So we changed it to USB. And what that means is even if you lose the charger, often people lose charges when it comes with a toy, you just have to find a USB cable which is lying around in everyone's house. So a lot of what we do is, um, and we learn as we go along, you know, when we started we didn't know all of these things. We thought about it, oh, you know, how can we make it really cool and sexy and nice tech, like an engineer would say. Um, <laughs> but then the more feedback we get, the more we try to make it user-centric, more usable, more accessible. And and hopefully, you know, it helps making it more um, diverse in how many right. people can use it. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Yes. Um, and I and when we spoke before, you know, we had a chat before we had a, this chat, I really liked that you were saying about about it being more diverse and about listening to your users. I, I think that that's revolutionary, but shouldn't be, you know? So you're like, oh, we tried it like this. The user said they need that. So we did that. And then, oh, yeah. we noticed that yeah. we could do this. That's amazing. That's... No, but I mean, to me, it's like, uh, it's free feedback. Why wouldn't we take it, right? It's yeah. like, you could easily, if, you, if we, we were a big corporate, we'd have to spend millions running customer surveys and studies but we're so lucky that our customers email us directly saying oh you know uh, this is good this is not good um can you change this and then we take it seriously that is awesome and the other thing i wanted to point out that's awesome and i think well i would have assumed rare but is that you have doctors referring people to you mm -hmm. yeah yeah that is awesome you know i like 20 something years ago tried to get uh, my gp to refer clients to me just for massage. And I went and told her why massage is good for you and what it can help with and all this. And she looked me in the eye and put my leaflet in the bin. You know, like she was, oh. yeah, she was just like, that's too weird. I wouldn't possibly send someone to you. Now, obviously that was like 25 years ago. Things have moved on since then. But hearing that doctors are referring patients with sexuality issues to you kind of blows my mind. How did, like, how do you, how do doctors even know you exist? I guess you're talking to them all the time or something? No, we have to, uh, unfortunately, it's a very long, slow process. So to get to the point where doctors trust us is very long. So yeah, um, first, uh, to f so I, I mean, okay, step by step is um, build a device, get it through safety compliance, which is electronic compliance, 
get it out there, get customer feedback. Uh, and at that level, it's just a toy. It's nothing more than that. Then we know that, okay, as a toy, it works. We know it does certain things and it's safe. Then we go through FDA compliance uh, to know that it's safe from a medical quality because there's a different level of manufacturing and support that you need to achieve in order to be FDA uh, compared to you know just being a normal consumer electronics product. So you get to that level, then you can start doing medical studies with doctors who are now happy to give it to their patients. And, and then, you know, let's say six months, 12 months, this is very, some of our studies are running for three years. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very slow process. This is why I say it's a very slow process. And then uh, you get some results and the results might be, okay, you know, this is what we tried. And um, this is the feedback on the device. It might be just that, which then goes back into uh, making the device better. Or it could be, we tried it and it improved a little bit, but it's not really significant. Or we tried it and it improved a lot and it's significant. And then it can go for a journal publication, which is the ultimate goal, right? So with all of these things, like like with any research, the ultimate goal is to top, get into the top journal in, in our field. It is the Journal of Sexual Medicine is to get into that journal, be published, because it would only be published if it's peer-reviewed by other leading doctors in that field. And if leading doctors believe that it's worthy and novel and significant, then they'll publish it. And once it's published, then every doctor will accept it because that's how it works, right? They're like, okay, this is published in the journal. We know it is reliable, trustworthy. And in our case, the study that got published was uh, was on genital pelvic pain, which is a massive topic in female sexual health. And um, the study was with Crescendo, and it ran for three months, uh, three times a week, and it led to a 5x improvement in pain score, which is a quality of life change. So that's where it was significant. It got published. And after that, then it's very easy for you know, to talk to doctors and they're like, okay, this is very exciting. Um, you know, send me devices, I'll recommend it to my patients. And once the patients tell them this really works, so that's obviously the final piece, uh, you know, right. so one-to-one feedback, then they're very happy to recommend to everybody and to other doctors. So, um, but, you know, like from the day we started to the day we had the journal publication was eight years. It's very wow. slow process. Yeah. That is, you have to have a big vision then for yeah, all yeah. of this. I, and, and, and that's the reality of, Anything in medical, if you if you don't give yourself enough, like I would say, you know, if you don't give yourself ten years to do anything significant, you will be disheartened, right? right? Because we've had so many times where it's like we build a device and it looks fine, and you do a study and you say, yeah, it doesn't work. That's it, right? right. right. And 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 that's it. Like if it doesn't work, there's yeah. no doctor will ever recommend it. So then you go back to the drawing board, you redo it again. And that's happened to us, right? With all the devices. And then you do it again and then you send it back and then you do it again. So if let's say, you know, give yourself two, three, four years and you don't get anywhere, you feel like you failed. Give yourself 10 years, you don't get anywhere in two, three, four years. You're like, it's fine. You have got lots of time yeah. left. So Not you get there. And, 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 and you eventually get there and like, oh, wow, you know, we spent time and it was worth it. Like, I'm, I'm really, really happy that the ultimately what we proved was 5x improvement, which is so significant. It's never happened before. And then the eight years was worth it. But if we didn't give ourselves enough time, then we would never get to the eight year point. Right, right, right. I love that. You've got to have patience and vision. And so I'm really curious. I want to talk a little bit about the products that are for women and then the products that are for men. And obviously, either I'm guessing any of the products can be used for people who are non-binary or um, gender fluid or whatever, according to their anatomy. Because, you know, I most, well, I work with men mostly, but I still want to talk about the women's products because some of 
the men that I work with have female partners and also some women listen to the podcast. So it'd be great to say, so you said it about the crescendo. That's the one that's like two fingers, but longer so it can get to the parts and it bends Correct. like two fingers that Correct. can bend up and back. Right. And I guess you'll tell me in a minute about all the other products, but that one for me is so empowering because you know, back when I was seeing women, I could do genital massage, genital, different kinds of touch and and pulsing or um, percussion, like you're talking about vibrations are often part of that. So I, I know that as from my own side of the, the um, line, I know how that works. So having an, a tool or an instrument that you can, that a woman could use for herself or a man or whoever is so empowering, you know, because someone could come and see me and do a piece of work with me over, you know, time, a few months or whatever. But my hope, and this is where you come in, is to empower people to be able to do it for themselves. And so yep. tell me what you got for women or female anatomy people. <laughs> so that that's uh, precisely why um, in this case, pelvic floor therapists recommend crescendo is because they can do it to themselves. And uh, that's precisely the reason. But crescendo, just because it is a two-finger device, it has so many uses. So it is equally effective for prostate stimulation for men who are happy with two finger width. We're making another device, which is a one finger width because one finger is more common when it comes to prostate stimulation because many men are not used to having two fingers. So because of that precise reason, we're making a one finger device, but a lot of our male users of Crescendo use it for prostate stimulation. So um, it's not really... Crescendo particularly is not gendered as such. It, you know, it's basically uh, gender agnostic. But again, uh, you could use two fingers for external stimulation. So you would simply just, you know, hold uh, a crescendo on the on the penis head, on the perineum, or on the clitoris. You know, wherever you want. It's like what, whatever you would do with two fingers, you can do with that. So that's how I see it. Yeah. So and the crescendo can extend out so that it's almost just, like yeah. flat it's like a, a dildo. Or yeah, it yeah. So it can be straight. Like yeah. yeah, exactly. So then the other one, which is basically the mini version of Crescendo, which is half the size, is uh, Poco. And that is really effective if you want something compact, especially for external stimulation or uh, just solo G-spot stimulation because it is, um, it's big enough to reach and stimulate the G-spot, but it's not as long as Crescendo that it can do a lot more things. So uh, Poco is a mini crescendo. It's half the size, very compact, fits in your palm. You can um, you know, travel with it. You can use it during intercourse and like you won't even see it. So especially during intercourse, uh, the female partner can just hold it in their hand and it will just sit in the cup of the hand and uh, stimulate the clit at the same time as um, having penetrative sex. So, um, so that's that. And then the third product that's coming out which is again female centric. It's called legato, and that's coming out, and that's a labia vibrator, which looks like this, and you can uh, stretch it uh, or uh, expand it to fit the labia and the vulva exactly. And it's an external stimulator, and that was designed because a lot of our customers and doctors said that they can't insert anything because of pain, because of dryness, whatever the reason, but they want to get aroused before they can have sex or uh, insert something. So it was like the pre or the prep. And of course, it can help you have an orgasm anyway from external stimulation. But one of the big elements was arousal disorder, which is FSAD. And um, with this device, it is 100%. It's a very powerful, full 360 vibrator, but sits on the outside. It's curved, so it hugs every part of the labia minora and majora and the whole vulva. So you have a big stimulation uh, all over. And 
And that would be presumably, depending on how it fits, stimulating the legs and bulbs of the clitoris as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So, so that's that. And then the other three devices, you have Tenuto, which is basically a penis vibrator with a perineum simulator. So it simulates the head of the penis, gets erect, then you slide it down uh, and it holds because it grips, holds the blood in the penis and then continuously stimulates the perineum to keep the blood flow going. So that's Tenuto. Is that, sorry, just to be clear, is that, because they won't be able to see our hands, we're making hand signals. Is that like a like a cock ring that sits at the base of the cock but goes Correct. underneath to the perineum? Correct, okay. correct. Uh, and it has uh, three motors on the front. So it goes all around the, the three motors are like a triangle. So when you place the front bit on the penis head, it's literally a 360 vibration all around the penis head and that creates the arousal. And then once the penis gets erect, you, you pull it back. So it sits at the base of the penis, holds the blood. And then you have the perineum simulator, which sits just under the perineum. And then the scrotums hang from the gap in between. So that's the... That's actually a couple's vibrator. So even though it's very much designed to work around the penis, the front bit during intercourse stimulates the clitoris and labia. So that gives that extra stimulation during intercourse. So that's Tenuto. And then Tenuto Mini is literally Tenuto, but without the back bit. Because a lot of the customers ask for something just the front bit. And they didn't want, especially who have sensitive scrotum and sensitive perineum, and especially those after surgery, they can't have any stimulation behind. Right. They can only have stimulation on the penis. So they said, you know, can we just have the front bit, not the back bit? Uh, easier said than done. We had to put all the electronics and battery in the front, along with all the motors. And it was quite a challenge. But yeah, so th- that's coming out soon. And then the final one is what I was telling you about, which is a single finger prostate simulator. So it's literally one finger uh, wide, which would be really easy for, I would say, anyone who hasn't tried process simulation, which is probably majority of straight men, they, it would be very easy for them to use as their first product. Because it's super, super slim. And so, and it vibrates, right? Yeah, yeah it vibrates. And it, the vibration is at the top and it's bendy. So you can just bend it and insert it. So it uh, reaches the process very precisely. And it's the top is like a little sponge that's so very soft. So, you know, it wouldn't hurt at all. And it, it has a big vibration. So it can, you can make it as weak or as strong as you want. And then one of the things we really want uh, men to start to appreciate is what the prostate can do for both their erection and their ejaculation. Right. Yeah. And for their orgasms as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's such yeah. a massive impact, which almost um, no men really uh, work on. Yeah. I mean, I see some men who, some men have explored their prostate or are coming to me to explore their prostate. And then other men who unfortunately have somehow been culturally conditioned to believe that if you do that, it's it's gay. And they, you know, they're horrified at the thought of being that, which is bizarre. And so they've never explored that area. And, you know, that's a really important area just for pleasure, but also yep. health-wise, you know, it's really good health. Yeah, so, well, prostate cancer is the number one cancer in the UK. So, you know, and, and that happens because men avoid having prostate exams. Because if you have annual prostate exams, you will never let it go too far, right? Yeah, and I also feel like, I don't know if there's truth in this, so I just want to preempt it with this, but I feel like some of the reason that that might be happening is because there's huge potential for pleasure in the bum and in the prostate, but because men have been conditioned to be shut down around that, the shame there, and that's probably what's leading to illness, to disease, to cancer. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know? I mean, so that, that's really interesting because there is a direct link between ejaculation and prostate cancer. So if a man does not ejaculate enough, that can lead to prostate cancer and reverse if they ejaculate regularly, that reduces the chance. But uh, it's it's quite uh, tricky with um, uh, the effect of prostate stimulation and prostate cancer. So there is anecdotal evidence that prostate cancer is lower in the gay population and gay men have more prostate stimulation. So it is an inferred uh, logic, but to do a real study, we'd have to look at, say, you know, 50 years. Yeah, it, it would take 50 years to do a proper study of observing men who never stimulate the prostate and observing men who regularly stimulate the prostate. And then, you know, in 30, 40, 50 years time, who develops right. prostate cancer? It's, it's a very, very complex study. But that, that, so what we know from anecdotal evidence is that there is lower prostate cancer in the gay population. Mm, that's interesting. And so then, so I'm kind of extrapolating something here. So you said that there's more prostate cancer with men who ejaculate less. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, that's, then, that's evidence. Yeah. And then you said, and then less in men who ejaculate regularly. What about men who ejaculate too much, whatever that means? Mm, I don't know if there's any evidence on that. The only reason I ask is because sometimes I hear from men who tell me that they are you know, self-pleasuring seven, eight times a day. And they're, they're you know, I, I don't think that's good for them. <laughs> I mean, there might be the odd man that it is, but I feel like it's one of the reasons why I promote learning to orgasm without ejaculating because the orgasm is what they're chasing because that's the bit that feels good. The ejaculation is a separate event, which I think there's, there's an amount that is regular, like you're talking about, which is different for every man, but there's an amount that's just over too much for mm. his body, you know? So I'm just... Yeah, no, yeah I, I, I don't know the link between that. Um, I haven't looked, I haven't seen it. It's more um, the lack of regular ejaculation as opposed to regular ejaculation, yeah. So interesting, isn't it? And like you say, to, to even get really definite answers you'd have to do a really long study mm. and you'd have to probably look at other factors too their diet their environment that oh yeah that, that, is a, that is has been proven to be a very big factor when it comes to prostate cancer yeah that's correct yeah very interesting so the one finger one is coming out soon did you say mm-hmm. yeah they're all in the second half of this area the the legato the labia vibrator the molto which is the one finger one and the to many, which is the front bit of Tenodo. Yeah. I'm very excited about all of these. I'm excited about particularly the crescendo because it's usable for anyone with any anatomy and how it can bend like two fingers, which creates accessibility and diversity, but also the one finger one for prostate, that one I'll be recommending to my guys for sure. And then, so those are coming out the second half of the year. Do you know, or can you say what like future years might hold where this might all go so the way we do product design is very much driven by what the like like all the doctors we work with they feed us information on what their big gaps are so legout is the perfect example their big gap with uh, particularly with perimenopause and menopausal women was a lot of vibrators exist but they all need to go inside some vibrators exist with uh, external only uh, a lot of their patients were using tenuto's front bit stimulate themselves and it helped them so can you make a dedicated device for women with just that so i would say from product development we rely pretty much 100 percent on being told what we need to develop right and then we figure out how to make it the best way because otherwise we might make things you know because it's popular from a sales perspective so let's say 
you know, suction, if we made a clitoral suction vibrator, um, yeah, you know, I'm sure that is a good toy. But unless someone tells us it has medical evidence that it can mm-hmm. do something, we wouldn't do it because we would, if someone comes to us and says, hey, I want a clitoral suction, we would recommend a good one. You know, somebody else makes it. Right. Um, there's no need for us to make it again, right? So we would simply just recommend saying, hey, go buy a brand X. And mm-hmm. they're, you know, they have pretty good reviews. Check it out. So the, everything we build, we only build if it doesn't exist. And um, the only way we can do that is if we are told this is actually going to help. Right, right, right. And so in, also it's not just for pleasure. It's when there's medical issues that also need addressing. Correct. So everything is pleasure. built medically and then we right. make it look sexy to make it approachable. You know, like if you think of stainless steel dilators, um, I'm sure they're effective, but no one wants to buy them for fun. And unless... Someone probably does somewhere. I, okay, fine. Some, someone <laughs> might. But, but the majority of people who actually need it, unless their doctor says, you must buy this, then be like, I don't want it. And that's what we wanted to avoid is, yes, fine. You know, we're all, uh, we're making medical devices, but it doesn't have to look scary. We want to make them look like sex toys. But the fundamental is always medical. And then the layer on top is pleasure. Yeah, yeah. But that's great because you know that's a whole huge amount of people that need that help that many of whom wouldn't ever come to see someone like me because it wouldn't occur to them, you know, like either it's too woo or it's too spiritual or, you know, they'd have to do some work on themselves because, you know, self-awareness, nature, personal development, that that might not be for them. And that's okay. It's not for everyone. So having some sort of device that was made for that purpose is awesome. Yep. Yep. No, exactly. And also it's, it's a uh, privacy and discretion where even if they don't want to go see a doctor, they can buy our products use them in the in the privacy of their homes. They don't have to tell anyone. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Well, I, I think what you're doing is awesome. I mean, is, am I right then? So we met in 2015. Had you only just started up then? How long have you been getting? Yeah, yeah. We started in 2014. Yeah, we just started. We were only one year in when we met. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Very, very long journey. I bet. With a pandemic thrown in, in the middle. <laughs> yeah. God. So is there anything that I haven't asked that is important for listeners to know? Um, Having conversations. That's the key to everything. Often people say, you know, how do I, or even as simple as how do I introduce a sex toy into the bedroom? There are so so many guides we've written on our blog, Uh, you know, um, anything and everything, whether it's prostate cancer, menopause, or diabetes, the serious stuff, or sex toys, threesomes, sex bodies. Like we write about everything. So I think that's the base. If people want just to get some guides, get some ideas, you know, go to our blog and check out whatever you think is applicable to you. Okay, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And I think we've got um, links for the website, the blog, and a few other bits and pieces. Well, the toys. Yeah, I mean, it's just mysteryvibe.com. So it's our company and .com and everything is underneath that, yeah. Is Mystery Vibe on social media? I think yeah, 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 it's Mystery Vibe on all of them. Because when we started, you know, there wasn't much going on. Yeah. Uh, we were one of the very first sex tech companies eight years ago. So yeah, Mystery Vibe, everything is Mystery Vibe. That's it. Okay, I'm going to go follow you everywhere. I only thought about that now because we've known each other outside of that. So I just thought of that. Okay, great. Thank you so much for coming and talking to us today. I'm really excited to get this information out. That's really important for there to be a a huge wide variety of ways for people to address 
getting to pleasure, you know. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Sexual Alchemy Podcast with Rebecca Lowry. If this podcast has aroused your curiosity and you'd like to take things further, you can get a copy of my free video training, Reclaiming Your Intuitive, Confident, Sensual Self. The link is in the show notes below, wherever you are listening.